0: you know in comes my dad who's all about property and um taught me a lot about uh what i know now and um together with my parents i bought my first investment in my early 20s and it was um an apartment it was in a really great area um and uh that was i guess my first taste of the industry
1: This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Toran Shum, and in this episode, we're speaking with Rebecca and Alfie Cardamoni, the dynamic property development duo from Victoria. With Rebecca as the interior designer and Alfie as the builder, this husband and wife team behind iSubdivide have working together down to fine art as they subdivide and conquer all across Melbourne. <music> when it comes to property power couples, Rebecca and Alfie Cardamoni are at the top of the list. Together, they combine their family values and passion for design and development. To live out their dream while creating dream homes for others. Despite their work scene like they've been doing it their whole lives, it's somewhat of a second career for Rebecca.
0: I guess I got into property in my early to mid-20s. Um, I have an Italian background so I had the typical, um, you know, European parents that want you to invest in property and that was whether you're a boy or a girl. So my mum always used to say to me, you know, save your money um, and buy yourself a house. And I used to say, no, 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 mum, I'm going to marry rich. Do you know what I mean? Like I, my husband is going to buy the property. I don't have to worry about any of that. So I would, you know, I'd, I'd carry that on. I had my um, part-time job as in school as, you know, most people do. And um, I would spend all my money. And then I got to, I guess, my early 20s. And I'm like, okay, so the rich husband's not here yet. Maybe, um... <laughs> I should have listened to my mum, and um, and look, I grew up with having a really great role model. My my mum was a really hard worker. Um, she would work um, from early in the morning to late at night, and she would save all her money, and that was what I was seeing every day. And um, that's that's I guess that was that gave me my urge to figure out um, what I wanted to do to make money and save money. And then you know, in comes my dad, who's all about property and. Um, taught me a lot about uh, what I know now. And um, together with my parents, I bought my first investment in my early 20s and it was um, an apartment, it was in a really great area. Um, and uh, that was, I guess, my first taste of the industry. And I mean, I grew up also reading, um, you know, like Steve Ignite books and everything like that. So I was I was wanting to, back then, without knowing too much, I, I, I knew I wanted to acquire a lot. Um, that's I wanted to have um, have something behind me, not buy and sell, not invest in shares. None of that interested me. I wanted to kind of build something, um, and yeah, from there, um, straight after school, I um, did marketing, and I did marketing up until probably my mid twenties or till after I met my husband, um, and then through our love of property together. Um, I decided I wanted to change careers and bring something professional to our team because um, we were developing together and I wanted to do something that was actually going to um, add value and save us money. So I went to school, I left my career in marketing and I went to school and I started from scratch at about 27. And I started building design. Um, and from there, now when we do projects together, I'm able to do the drawings. Um, save us money there but also and what we found is really um, is really great is working together as a builder and a designer we can sit on my software and work out the best ways to um, design a house that's going to make us or give us the most value and that's something that you can't really do all the time with another company. Um, And that's something great that we share, that we can sit there and go through and figure out how we can get an extra bedroom in or um, how we can make the most of this block. And I think that's one of the ways, yeah, that we add value. But I guess that's sort of my um, journey in a nutshell of how I got into it from being young to meeting my husband, hearing he he was a builder um, and that we were going to do stuff together. And then I kind of jumped. I've just really put myself into the industry now and um, I've got my own interior design business. but. Our projects take up a lot of our time, so that's where um, yeah we're working the most is on our own projects.
1: Alfie Cardamoni was born in Melbourne, though his parents moved the family to a country town when he was just a year old. He returned to Melbourne in his early teens, where he began to realise he didn't quite fit the mould that his family had set out for him.
2: My father always wanted me to be an accountant, so I finished Year Twelve went to uni to study accounting and um, it wasn't for me. So the first six months, I was sort of just knew it wasn't for me. So I um, went and did an, an apprenticeship in bricklaying because I've got four uncles that are bricklayers. And um, so I went with them and, um, and keep the family tradition, I was thinking. And um, look, they taught me, you know, they're, they're quite tough um in terms of you know there's no smoko you you know you work and that's it there's no ifs or buts about it no phone calls you you know get get on the trail and lay bricks that's what your job is that's tough it instilled a good discipline in me and it was something that i took you know i i use now um and then working as doing my apprenticeship in my late teens early 20s um working also a second job in as a in in uh, in a restaurant as a waiter pizza maker so that sort of just kept the, the hard work in you know going through because i was always saving for money um for 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 a home 21 bought my first property um and just always wanted to be a builder um, you know on the job site seeing the builder come with his donuts at a beautiful time and in his beautiful car. And I'm thinking, man, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather do that. So, um, you know, I, I always wanted to, to, to learn how to get to that level. And early twenties, I did night school to get the qualifications to become a builder. So, um, you know, working during the day at nights, working um, on the weekends at the pizza joint and during the week, I was at um, at night school, just trying to be a builder. So it was always um, something that I wanted to do. And then, eventually, got my license and then started working for a developer. Did my own projects, and yeah, I'm at this point where, um, you know, I've 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 gone the whole roller coaster, but it's been worth it.
1: As husband and wife, parents to two young children, and business partners, you may think they see each other twenty four seven. However, when it comes to business, they do work on projects together but they're lucky to spot each other during work days.
0: So, we're both working on a project at the moment um, together. So, we've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So, our day starts very early. (laughs) Um, But we're lucky in the way that we do a lot together, but we have separate responsibilities. So, we'll definitely start the day together, get our kids ready, get them off to childcare or um, they say with the grandparents. And then I will either work from home um, and work on my design projects or um, arranging stuff for site. Um, And Alf does a lot of the hands-on stuff on site. So he'll be out – you know, in, we, we develop a lot in regional areas, so it's a long drive, so he'll be out there um, on days that I can't go out and do all this stuff hands-on. Um, and I do a lot of the, I guess, all the um, design work, interiors, um, picking materials, project managing it. Um, and I guess, yeah, but there's nothing that I won't do or he won't do. We get involved in each other's stuff when we have to as well, but day-to-day it's more mm-hmm. um, hands-on, on-site. Yeah. Um, because I guess we're not your typical developers because, you know, some developers would have to hire everyone whereas we do the work as well. So we're on kind of both, which is great because yeah. we make more money, but um, it's, it's going to be more responsibility, more, responsibility, more work. Um, and I guess the uh, the fact that we have to spend a lot of our um, day doing it, we can't go and do another job. Like this is it for us. Um, and that's the life we've created and that's what we intended to create as well yeah. um, was to be able to do this full-time. Yeah.
1: They both have a lot of control over their business which ensures they get the most value out of each project. However, they also rely on the professionals when it comes to areas outside of their expertise.
0: We work really close with um, a real estate agent in the area that we're developing at the moment. you know, who is in contact with us all the time about what we're doing, how many rooms we're doing, what materials are we using, like what looks great in the area at the moment and the fact that we can change things at any time we want um, and we can, yeah, have that hands-on control um, without spending money, like without paying a designer to, you know, redesign or, um, you know, uh, doing variations with a builder. We'll just do everything um, ourselves and I guess that's the way, yeah, that... um, we've learned as a couple we have that power like that's our edge over I guess or our way to make more money than another property developer is the fact that yeah our hands-on skills make us or give us that extra value
2: and even just you know with that as well it's the the money factor but there's also the time factor and obviously time is money and now that you know um, with the whole COVID scenario you know a lot of consultants have lost staff and they're way behind so it gives us the ability to you know fast track it a lot sooner than than um then if we were to get an external consultant and you know you're chasing them because they're, they're you know they might be staff short um, um and and so that, that's where the benefit is from that perspective as well so um you know it has its challenges but it definitely has its benefits
1: no that's great and and now for you what do you play what role do you play in the business as well within the project
2: so I'm on site most of the time. So I'm dealing with trades, suppliers, um, and with you know, in, especially in Victoria at the moment, there's a lot of challenges with um, suppliers, with materials, and um, shortages in in certain products in the in the industry. So um, that always throws a few curveballs. Um, there's also a sort of a, a, a challenge in the labor market at the moment. Um, so. Um, on site it keeps me on my toes at the moment, um, and there's also a couple of projects that I do on um, for clients at the moment. So that's also something that um, I'm dealing with clients externally as well. Um, you know, there's there's two projects at the moment that we're, we're, we're I'm working on for them. Um, you know, a two-unit site and a, and a three-unit site. So, um, so yeah, so it's on site mostly at the moment, and I deal with a lot of the council. Requests or building surveyor um, ongoing things. So um, yeah, it's always there's always something to do. There's always something. To do.
1: They manage both their own projects and client projects in perfect harmony, which they pride themselves on.
0: So Alf and I have a business together called I Subdivide. So we um, we get essentially, and this is where I come into it again with the um, design. But we get the um, town planning and subdivision permits for clients. So if they're wanting to develop. Um, we arrange all that from beginning to end for them.
2: So that's what something that also keeps us on our toes. So we we also offer that service to our clients, and um and that's sort of separate to my construction business. But that's also something that you know Beck and I, um, you know, we 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 have a focus on on a daily business because we you know we usually get a, a couple of people always inquiring daily um, for plans and permits because the market is quite hot at the minute in terms of that.
1: Their style of subdividing is less about scaffolding and bricks and more about examining and shuffling papers, which is just the way they like it.
2: And we want a
0: business as well that is remote. It is very, it's time-consuming and can be at times very stressful building all the time. So, that while we are... Um, as I explained earlier, doing everything hands-on ourselves. It's because, you know, we're at a young age, we want to make the most money we can while we're building, you know, for our future. Um, but the idea of I subdivide is to give people the same opportunities we're creating for ourselves but without us having to do the hands-on build. It's, it's a great business and we love working yeah. on it and it's it really um, uh, brings out the best in both of us in terms of our skill set. Um Without having to do yeah that day to day grind of the build,
1: always fun to go on a construction site.
0: Oh, I asked my husband about me coming to his construction uh, site.
1: <laughs> coming up after the break, we take a moment to celebrate the hardworking tradies.
0: So inspiring, like the, yeah, Yeah. tradies now, like, I really look up to a lot of the ones that, especially the ones that have their own businesses at young ages.
1: We delve deeper into how their families have shaped them and just how soon it started.
0: And I just used to remember him telling me how, you know... You know, he would show me his salary and just be like, see, see if you, you know, work really hard and, um, you know, you, you go to work, go to do your job right, you'll, you'll be there one day too. And-
1: Alfie reveals just how long it did or didn't take for him to tackle his first development after he bought his first property. Yeah,
2: you know, that was an achievement at that time for me um, and uh, and it just kept on going. So-
1: and that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So do you want to get a better return with lower risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Rebecca Cardamoni, the design half of the I Subdivide Jewel, is also a proud Melbourne native. Her family and her Italian heritage are just as important to her as her Melbourne roots.
0: Yeah, so I grew up um, in the northern suburbs um, of Melbourne, still live in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, and I, I, as I mentioned before, grew up in an Italian family, um, had a really um, uh, strong role model in my mother to follow in terms of um, wanting to work and save money. But I've also had um, my dad and my brothers really interested in property and Steve McKnight and, funnily enough, my older brother used to be um, – he used a to – wasn't he? he? was a member yeah. of Your Investment Property, the magazine that would come monthly, um, which, funnily enough, Elf and I ended up being um, – uh, in like like last year or the year before, which is kind of like full circle. So I used to see my brother read those magazines and I was always jumping on and think, you know, being so young, I never thought that that would be me in there one day. So I guess I'm kind of, you know, proud that that kind of happened because it's something from, yeah, my childhood and seeing it growing up. Um, but yeah, so my, my parents have always lived um, or my family have always lived in the northern suburbs. So I guess that's something that is another reason, you know, we're working so hard. We put everything into property development. We don't have right now our ideal family home. Like as soon as we um, buy or sell a property um, to make money, we put it into the next project. And I guess at the end of the day, we're doing that because we want to buy freedom. We don't want like I had the typical upbringing, living in the suburbs, you know, um, go to uni, get a job, have a family. But I've always, I've always had this um, earning, I guess, to to want to do something or be something different. Maybe travel more or live in another country. And I just guess, I guess the only way to get that freedom is to have the finances behind you. That's the only way to achieve that sort of freedom and those sort of choices. Yeah. So that kind of really drives us. And, you know, we're in our mid-30s now. If if I get there by my 40s, I'll be really, really happy. I'll be really um, satisfied because that's definitely what drives me every day is to not settle down in the suburbs. That's not the life that I think I see myself or my family now having. Even though I had it growing up and I loved it and I appreciated that it was very secure um, and safe and comfortable, but it's, there's just something about it that's not for me and the same, that's how um, my husband and I connect as well. He's mm. exactly the same. There's just something more that we feel we're trying to create and for our lives and um, yeah, so I'm trying to like yeah, get out of, you know, a little bit of the norm and onto something a little bit different.
1: Rebecca was a self-confessed nerd in high school which has paid off well in building her strong work ethic that she relies on every day.
0: I used to be on the debate team and the principal was the coach. So I was, I would say, yeah, a a very big nerd. (laughs) Um, I would, I would have, I would do, um, I would get like best speaker whenever I was doing debating. I just tried, I guess, but I've always had that. I've always had like a strong work ethic. I've always tried really hard, even when, And I guess this comes back to my mum again, when I would do something at school, if she would come and watch me debate or she would come and watch me, I used to sing. So I would do musicals, used to love singing. My dad would take me singing lessons, dancing lessons, like very, really, really supportive parents. And um, my mum would always say to me, no matter what I did, if I was singing, dancing or doing anything, she would always say to me, I was the best. You were the best one there. Oh, don't listen to that teacher. You were the best one there. She always used to say that. And it used to stick in me. And I used to think, even though I wasn't, I used to back, back then I would believe it and it would give me so much confidence and now like I, re- I always remember that from school, always remember mum saying that. So now like I try to do it with my kids, not because I want them to think they're better than everyone else. It's more because I learned the confidence it gave me. And when you have confidence, you can do anything. Like you're unstoppable and that's something that I really want to instill in my kids because I found it really beneficial for myself. Um, so yeah, and I remember telling my husband that because I think my son was in, doing like a soccer, a soccer class and I was like, you're the best, you're the best one ace, like keep going and I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> don't let the other kids hear you say that. And I'm like, I'm doing it because he's going to really think he's the best and watch him one day, he'll be the best.
1: As for Alfie, he spent his early years in Terang in country Victoria where his parents bought and ran a local pub.
2: We stayed there for several years, uh, and it just really—I don't have huge amounts of memories of that, but um, you know, photos and just the whole process of you know being associated to that that scene was um, is is something that still sticks to my mind. Um, we came back to Melbourne, and you know, just in in Melbourne's northwest again, and school was something that I enjoyed. Um, and it was a bit, but there was something that was missing for me at school. And um, I always was involved in the self-development side of things. So growing up, um, you know, in my, my teens, um, my, you know, reading you know, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich was my first book. And, um, and I was always just wanting a bit more. Um, so after school, I went to, to uni uh, to fulfill my father's wish. Um, fortunately, he didn't get his wish. Um, but, uh, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed the challenge that I had, which was the bricklaying side of things. You know, it was a little bit out left field for my family. Like, you know, you're supposed to be this, this, you know, educated, you know, go to get yourself your degree. And now you want to put the overalls and, you know, push wool burrows and lay bricks. It's, you know, it's crazy. Um
0: yeah some people would see that as like that you you didn't become the success that we wanted for you like yeah. you went to school all those years and now you're doing a trade
2: Yeah and that was probably yeah. the reaction probably at that time from my parents and um so I had that challenge but always like I had to prove them wrong and it was that that's what something that motivated me as well so um now looking back it was you know you look at tradies now and you you might finish school at say 18 19 you do your apprenticeship three, four years and, and you know, you're on anywhere between a 80 to 120K and you don't have a hex bill. Um, so, that's so
0: inspiring. Like, the yeah, trade, yeah, tradies now, like, I really look up to a lot of the ones that, especially the ones that have their own businesses at young ages. Yeah. And they're doing extremely well and they're always booked out and they're always busy. Um, it's really something to look up to.
2: Yeah. And that's something that's, you know, that, that's it's evolving. Um, so now more, more and more people are looking at as, as a, a, as a, as a real option rather than going to sort of uni and, and, you know, getting your 50, 60,000 plus hex debt and, you know, starting off a wage on 50 to 60,000 and just corporate level getting two, 3% increases every year. It's just sort of, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely changing and evolving the world that we live in. Um, so after um, I got me apprenticeship and then, like I said, you know, I was working also a second job um, at a pizza pizza restaurant, um, so earning a bit of cash there and um, and also studying, you know, three nights a week um, at, at a TAFE, um, getting my diploma in building and construction because that's what I needed to get a builder's registration or to get to the next level. Um so I did that and worked for a builder and worked for a developer and then just started doing my own projects for clients that um, that I would you know engage with and um, and that worked okay and you know just wanted a different side. COVID sort of taught taught me something to, to t- diversify your business to a certain degree because there are a lot of challenges in the building game um, even today where a lot of builders are going you know uh, under a lot of challenges and stress um, and broke which is sad and then that affects you know the clients and the developers so um, it's a high risk business of um, you know of, of, of that side of things so diversify get into something that i love to do which is you know i i love there's nothing better tyron than seeing a block of land with an old house or whatever it is and saying you know yep yeah, i could put four units on it i could put six on it and then working on the plans and then being on site and watching it grow and then giving the keys to the agent or the owners and and there's the, it's just a whole full circle and that's what i enjoy to do and it's um, it's given me an op- opportunity to to have a level of freedom um, that m- probably most mid thirties to late thirties don't have. So
0: as in day to day freedom, day to day
2: freedoms, and um, and that's something that you know now I subdivide gives that opportunity. You know we're we're doing stuff for clients and all that type of stuff, and I enjoy doing that because especially in these times, um, you, have, you, you need to have multiple incomes. Having one right now is just you, you, you're too far behind the eight ball with inflation and everything just going crazy, expensive. Um, you, you definitely need to look at now, how do I get multiple incomes? And that's what, you know, what what I enjoy doing now for people.
1: Rebecca is as proud of her parents as they are of her and their strong work ethics have clearly rubbed off on her, just as they hoped they would.
0: So my dad works for City Power. He's had the same job ever since he was, I don't know, eighteen. Um, so he was born. Both my parents were born in Italy. Both came over really young. So English is their second language. They don't have an accent or anything. They've, you know, they've developed the, the language very well. Um, but my dad, I guess, probably even younger than eighteen, may have started with City Power, and it's the only job he's ever held. He's had it his whole life. And I just used to remember him telling me how, you know, you know, he would show me his salary and just be like, see, see if you, you know, work really hard and, um, you know, you, you go to work, go to do your job right, you'll, you'll be there one day too. And my mum was um, a, a kindergarten teacher. Um, so that's I guess where the early out, like she would leave to get there like at 730, seven 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 thirty sometimes and come home six six thirty. and then you know being the the typical Italian mother, she would still do the cooking and the cleaning. So we would all be home at three thirty four after school, but we would wait until six six thirty for my mum, my poor mom to get home um, and she would cook for us. My mum came from a family, especially her father, who was very in the building and construction industry. He was a painter. But he would, um, he would uh, develop um, uh, units, multi-units um, and I guess my mum kind of had that, um, that's where she got the idea of invest in property, invest in property because her dad, you know, taught her that. And then he, when they got married, her dad um, let them live in one of his properties.
1: Rebecca and Alfie's families have more in common than it would appear both of their parents and grandparents had homes in more rural areas before moving to the outskirts of the city for the lifestyle.
0: And that's kind of something we said that we don't want to sell our properties that are in good areas because we don't want to make that same mistake because we, we think, oh, imagine our parents still had that house in blah, blah, blah and you know, that would have been worth a fortune but you know, they moved out so it could have you know, a house and this giant backyard that they don't use. Um, so we we kind of always, that both of us had that lesson of, you know, if we get something in a good area, we're going to we're gonna try and hold on to it. We're not going to sell it. We're not going to do um, what they did. And I mean, I, like, to, they're happy with their choices. I'm just saying in terms of um, for our future, and we don't want our kids to say, oh, mom and dad used to own that property and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe they sold it. Um, so I guess that's something as well that, my parents, they, didn't, they they won't say it's a lesson. They won't say don't do what we did. But um, it's something that I learned from them without them telling me um, that if, if if we have land, we're going to try and retain it. And we're going to do it. And we have done our best to yeah. hold on to the amount of properties we have. For our age, it's pretty crazy. Like we, you know, you would think the level um, that we've gotten to at our age, most people would say, why don't you sell some? Why don't you do, you know, but our goal has always been for a good retirement so we're going to hold on to as many as we can um, and we will only sell if we have another project and we need to use the money for that next project. And Alf and I, we sacrifice now, um, I guess we could be doing a lot more, like all all our wealth or everything, even our all our days, all our time, everything is put into property. And if we sold everything now we could have like a giant beautiful home with a pool and a a gorgeous car and go on holidays and where we sacrifice like our present for our future because if we can you know come together and build a really strong foundation then we won't have to worry about much when we're you know later on in life um as many people do and that's the goal like we're sacrificing our current and i mean we still live a great great life now but we don't have, like I said, we don't have our, you know, our dream family home and we probably won't for a little while and we're okay with that because we're so, we're so um, headstrong and focused and motivated to create this life for ourselves, um, at least by our 40s so that, you know, we can have that later on. There's plenty of time for that. We're young now. We want to work and yeah. um, we want to build. Yeah. that's That's the goal.
1: Alfie's parents were always involved in property and after they sold the country pub, they diversified their portfolio by buying several properties. Alfie inherited their work ethic and started working at a family friend's pizza shop when he was 14.
2: While everyone was sort of, you know, partying, going Friday nights or Saturday nights at high school, I was at the, you know, I was working and it was a shock at the, at the start, I hated it but then I just enjoyed it and and um, and I, I developed You know, social skills that you know are benefiting right now, where I can go and talk to anybody, and I can have a you know really good conversation with um, business people because you know um, a lot of the times you get regulars at the pizza shop, and you know there'll be business meetings there, and you know you interact, and and um, and that was really good. So, um, so you know, from fourteen, you know, I was saving my money pretty much most of it, if not all of it. Um, and I bought my first house um, at 21. Um, and, you know, that was an achievement at that time for me. Um, and, uh, and it just kept on going. So then, you know, I wanted to do a development. And then several years later, um, you know, I, I worked a way to, to get a property and, and, and put a unit at the back. So that was my first development. So that was, Um, something that my dad always was sort of you know helping helping me with Um, and and he's you know he's he's until this to to today like he's he's been very you know very very influential for me and um, and helped me a lot in that regards just you know mindset and also if I need a set of hands you know he's the first one to call.
0: Yeah he helps us a lot with And I guess that's an inspiration for us as well. He helps us hands-on. So getting in there and, you know, save money, do things yourself. Yeah, Don't yeah. just always hire people. Like you can do it. And his dad can do anything. Like he he could build a house from, from scratch and if he didn't know how to do something, he'll just go learn how to do it. I think he did like he's told me about courses he's done
1: really yeah, crazy done, thing yeah. like
0: welding course i don't know yeah, all these yeah. courses and i'm like why do you yeah. need that yeah and he's like, and he's like because he needed to fix something so he just went to learn how to do it yeah so and I, but i guess in a way we're kind of doing that as well in terms of see that. So i guess that's something that we've taken from your dad is just if you've got to do something save the money yeah. and, do it, and yourself do it
2: yourself and yes. look at us so yeah.
0: you know we could hire a designer and a builder but we don't
2: we yeah. do it all ourselves yeah
1: so. especially when you've got the skills you know you may as well use it
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly
1: Alfie delves into the story behind the first property he purchased when he was 21 years old where he started a pattern he continued for over a decade
2: up until you know my early 30s it was more rent vesting where you know I'd buy a property and just for an investment pur- purposes um, and you know where I was living I would rent for example um, and the key to success for that is you obviously got to pick you know, if you're going to buy an investment property, it's going to be, you know, a property that's going to grow in value or you're able to add value at a later date where your profit or you could, you know, you can make some, you know, profits that um, are going to outweigh you buying your your family home, sitting on it, paying the mortgage off. Um, and um, and that's something that we, we did even when we first started dating, um, you know, rent investing, and, um, and, it, and it worked out quite well for us.
0: So Al taught me when I had met him, I had, I mentioned earlier that apartment with my parents that I bought as my first investment. And he was just like, yeah, no, like you have to have when you invest, invest in land because you need to add value to it. We need to build something on it. He's always. You know, that's Alf's mind. He's always thinking, oh, we can knock that down and put four. We can knock that down and put three. Yeah. It's So I, I quickly got rid of um, my apartment and we used the money elsewhere. Um, and that's, I guess, you know, Alf will never really buy an apartment or a townhouse. Like he's always looking for land in terms of investing Yeah. Um, because of that, you know, always in the back of his mind, how am I going to add value? Even if we were to buy um, a house that we are going to build at the back, we'll still figure out how we can keep that house at the front, can we can we get an extra bedroom in it? Should we go up? Like we will look at every possible option to add value to that land rather than – so when we invest in property, we're not just investing for the sake of investing, we're actually trying to make money off it. So that's why we we're always um, always looking for land. Specifically, yep. we do try to find something where – and this is like a pattern that we've had – where we can build behind an existing house. Yeah, So that we can – while we're building at the back, we can um, – keep someone renting at the front. Obviously, we reduce we ju- reduce the rent um, so that we have income coming in while we're building at the back and then we generally renovate the front house.
2: Yeah. And then subdivide it and sell off for, yeah.
1: The cardamomies clearly aren't afraid of hard work or challenge and they're not put off by long settlements either. Six to 12-month settlements may not be the norm but they're not unusual and they work fine for them.
2: In that Timeframe, we we're getting plans and permits, and um and 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 then once we get that, then just before settlement, or we settle and we sell it, you know, prior, or if we if we have to settle, we we settle and we'll 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 sell it and we'll make a profit out of that. So um, from our perspective, that that's um you know a small deposit of whatever it is, five ten percent of the acquisition cost plus the permit cost, you know, has just, you know, returned us, you know, 100% or 200% return on investment um, within 12 months. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's, that's the sort of thing that we always constantly think about. Um, how, can you, how, how can a dollar make another $0.10 cents or $0.20 cents or $0.30 cents or another dollar? Um, so, you know, money's always constantly got to work for you um, and, and you know, and grow in that sense—not in a greedy sense, but you know, in a smart sense.
1: Rebecca and Alfie Cardamoni's story continues in the next episode of Property Invest Story. Rebecca shares one of Alfie's greatest strengths when it comes to finances.
0: I wanted to add that to the whole the the money aspect because um that's definitely something that I think Alf especially is really great at.
1: They get into why excuses just don't cut it anymore. It's not a you know it's uh, I live
2: in this suburb and it's you know I'm I'm gonna be like that. No, there's there's no.
1: There's no more excuses for that. Rebecca shares some of the best advice she's ever heard and shares some of her own.
0: Things like that that I learned from other people just always stay in the back of my head day to
1: day. And that's next time on Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now and I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as 6 months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.